Hello, and welcome to the Maidenless Podcast, where we discuss theocracies, tenets, and themes from everyone's favorite video game, Elden Ring. And today, we'll be discussing the Weeping Peninsula and the Pagans of the South. Here we are, episode three. Woo. You can hear the crinkle, crinkle of my notes. And the, the whatever this sound is, of the screen of my phone. The tippy tap, tap, yeah. tap, tap. But also the weird, like, glass sweaty finger slide thing. <clears throat> yep, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, episode three, Maidenless Podcast. In our last episode, we defeated Godric the Grafted. Yes, indeed. Somehow with things only from Limgrave, which I guess you could definitely do. Um, but now we're headed down to the Weeping Peninsula. So as we talked about, I think both of us, we did the Weeping Peninsula first. Yep. But as the grace kind of directs us north, we went there first. So we're going to assume that we defeated Godric um, just now. And now we're starting to head south. And if we defeat Godric... Uh, Gideon's study opens to us. Yes, yes. And uh, I believe he says, You'll be after more great runes, eh? You sound like, uh, you sound like Bronn from Game of Thrones a little bit right there. Okay. Just a little. I don't know if you ever watched it. I only read the books. <laughs> oh, that's probably better. <laughs> you probably had a much nicer time than the rest of us had. <laughs> Still having it. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> We're waiting on it. Well, every time you read Bronn dialogue, read it in your mind with that voice. You, okay. you got it. But yeah, he uh, he starts to open up about uh, great runes and who has them and where to find them. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, like he belittles you a little bit too, like more so. Uh, right? He seems kind of begrudgingly uh, complimentary. Yeah. Because we had our audience with the two fingers. We talked about that a little bit. Yep. Yep. Um, and then uh, Rodrika, what does she say when we go back to the roundtable hold? Um, you know, assuming that we got her dialogue with uh, Hugh, mm-hmm. she says, Pleased to meet your acquaintance, spirit prentice I am. <laughs> you know, one more thing happening back oh, okay. at roundtable yep, yep. hold. Um, Fia. Yes. I was had you, if you were going to bring that up. Yeah. Had you uh, talked with Fia I had, I had talked with Fia, and I had been held mainly because I'm always scared that I'm going to give the wrong dialogue option when it gives me options. And uh, I used to be really good at that in games where you had like dialogue choices you had to make. I used to be incredibly confident about that. And then playing FromSoft stuff made me lose all of that. So then when they throw it at you all of a sudden, and it's like, yes or no... First, I realize, I don't know if I've been paying attention. And then second, I'm like, oh boy, I hope that I don't accidentally answer the one that kills them. And so, yeah, I accepted and yeah. got held. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it was nice. And then... Uh, got a Baldekin's blessing. Yeah, I didn't know what that was because I 
I think we've talked about this before, but I was always hesitant to use like magical things and power-ups yes. and stuff just because I didn't know what they did and it seemed complicated. Yeah. I didn't realize the drawback of it. Neither did I. Yep. Had How many look. times did you do it before you realized the drawback? How many times did I do it? How, did, um, how many times did you get held before you realized that uh, it was hurting you? Maybe twice. And then okay. I just, well, I only got held like twice, but then I carried around this thing in my inventory because I forgot I had it. Ah. Uh, and I didn't ever use it. So then I just was like, what is that weird little uh, red box with a down symbol next to my <laughs> health bar? That doesn't seem good. Can you carry more than one of those in your inventory at a time? Like, could you get a stockpile of them and then use one and cure yourself and then just have a bunch left over? Maybe. I don't know. I've never tried. Huh. I, I think you can only have one. Yeah. I know there's a lot of, like, limits on some of the items that yeah. you get. Yeah. But, yeah, it basically in uh, gives you more poise mm-hmm. at the cost of some FP. I don't think that's really worth it. Um, and it also decreases your uh, health by, like, 10% or something. Yeah. It's funny because, like, the health thing really doesn't matter if you're not going to get hit. But then the poise thing also really doesn't matter if you're not going to get hit. Yeah. So it's like, if you're good at the game, like, what's the point of any of that stuff? It seems like more of a lore item. Sure. And they just kind of built a in-game mechanic to to serve the lore okay but yeah and then we can also talk in secret to her yeah and she kind of tells us her deal um i wrote down notes about this about fias oh yeah she said she was chased from her homeland yes yeah so that's kind of interesting yeah i think a lot of people in whatever land you happen to be in whichever from south game that you happen to be playing are exiled or something so I don't know that I was surprised that she was chased from her homeland. I think I'm always more surprised when there's a character that's like willingly there, like Rodrigo. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so pretty much that wraps up the roundtable hold for right now. Uh, and we are down to the Weeping Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of sites of graces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote them all down. <clears throat> Uh, but it's basically rainy Australia, right? So yeah, kind of like that. It's funny because I always think of Caleb as the Australia. Yeah. When it turns out Caleb's probably closer to the Ohio. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is like rainy Australia. There's just a lot of crazy stuff happening all over the place. Well, I was looking at uh, like the the shape of it too. Yeah. Yep. It's very Australia looking. Yeah, it is very Australia looking. It really is. It's like a. It's like if Australia was a cartoon, which pretty much is. Man, side note, Australian Dark Souls, right? (laughs) Australian present day Dark Souls, because they do like, you know, European Dark Souls. They've done Japanese Dark Souls already, right? They've done British, like London Dark Souls. It's Bloodborne. Yeah. Could you imagine Dark Souls with like actual hopping kangaroos and cassowaries and whatnot going after you all the time giant spiders it'd be kind of that'd be kind of (laughs) sweet i mean it would you have like a you know 44 magnum no you'd have a boomerang boomerang yeah you just have a boomerang that's it sharp stick yeah well so we come upon the bridge of sacrifice to get to the weeping peninsula Mm -hmm. and it's patrolled by looks like godric's soldiers and Mm -hmm. a giant ballista yep did you get uh Shot by the ballista? I didn't get shot by the ballista. Nice. I uh I think I'd well, it was when I was running up to Stormvale Castle that I first got hit by a ballista. Mm. 
And I was like, oh, there's ballistas. And so then I got really careful every time I saw kind of like a wide open area yeah. <laughs> with a like, structure on one end. Yeah. So no, I, I, was, nice. I was ducking and weaving. I bobbed and weaved the first time. And I think I summoned my wolves probably mm-hmm. had the I wolves at that guys. point. And yeah, you can take out the guy on the uh, on the ballista. You can I even think... break the ballistas. You can? Yeah, you can break the ballistas. Oh, and it nice. makes me wish you could shoot the ballistas. Oh, just wait. Oh, oh yeah. It's coming all up. Right, all right, all right. So we get through the Bridge of Sacrifices and Bridge of Sacrifice. And mm-hmm. there is a side of grace right on the other side of it. Yes. And then we kind of see some... There's like three, two, three ways we can go. Yep. Um, we can either head down where it seems like the grace is pointing us, yep. which is down towards the Castlemorn rampart. Yep. Um, or we can take a right and kind of skirt the side of the cliff into more of some forest areas. Or, which is the one we're going to do first, I think, we can scout out that area and figure out what's on top of those little areas um, of rubble mm-hmm. um, above the area down towards Castle Morn. Um, is that what you did your first time, or did you head towards more? Or uh, what I did my first time was I went down, I talked to the very, very sad lady. Ah, yes. Yep. Very, very sad lady. Do you remember her name? I just remember she was blind, and her dad was also a very sad man. What was her name? Her name is Irina. Irina, that's right. Yes. Yep. We'll get to her a little later. Yep. Let's, so you talked to her. So I talked to her and then I went down that path mm-hmm. and then I very cautiously uh, grabbed all of the loot that I could while the soldiers were fighting against all of the wild dogs and uh, mm-hmm. and the um, demi-humans. Uh, is it misbegotten. Oh, misbegottens. Pardon me. Yes, we'll get into yes, that. Yes, fighting, fighting the misbegottens. Made sure not to awaken the troll if I mm-hmm. could help it. And then got my uh, butt handed to me by a very large sniper. <laughs> yeah, so that's the uh, that's the kind of Castlemorn Rampart mm-hmm. path. Um, but I think let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I believe the next side of Grace. If we go kind of past the uh, little cart ambush and arena, and we go up on the cliff to. Uh, from where arena is to your left we get the grace beside the crater pocked glade mm-hmm. um and there's all kinds of uh we don't know what they are yet but gravity stone pockets where stuff looks to have fallen from the sky and there's these weird little minor guys with kind of gray maybe gravelly looking skin mm-hmm. and they're kind of like praising this like weird little wormhole that seems to be sitting out in the middle of nowhere um interesting scene to mm-hmm. approach as you just saw the very sad lady and yep. maybe some smiley face demons and now you're confronted with this did you find that right away i actually found that kind of going back into the area okay um and by the time i found it i knew what to expect yeah but i can't imagine the just i mean at worst horror but at most just utter annoyance and frustration of going here we go again it's one of these things or not maybe again but the first time oh if it was without context because i would have walked right up to that thing and gone i don't know this might be some sort of weird item or something or yeah yeah i don't think i discovered this right away um but it is right at the beginning Mm -hmm. um you can actually i believe get to it 
maybe even before you talk to arena, if you kind of go around the forest way sure. and go up top. And there's also um, a forest lookout tower there. Mm. Um, so, but the crater pocked glade though. So you see these little enemies, they seem to be praising this wormhole. You get a little closer and this guy, uh, Stargate walks. <laughs> it's kind of bald uh, elf, dark elf looking guy. Stargate walks out of the wormhole and you're just like um well that's a boss or mm -hmm. something <laughs> uh, but yeah he has an awesome uh kind of great sword and does kind of these balletic swings of it mm -hmm. a lot of weight behind the animations oh yes yeah that guy's he is very much what i wish he's got the the gravitas that i wish thanos had Ooh, gravitas in the, in the mcu and that is an intentional an intentional reference to the style of magic that he uses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fighting him, I kind of went back to this area a couple times, and mm -hmm. fighting him how I did the first time was I took out all of the little guardians. Mm. Or maybe I charged in headlong and immediately got squashed and then came back and took sure. out all the little yep. guardians. But then fought him one-on-one, -on -one, which is a great fight. It's yeah. even more fun if you just try to fight him all at once. Oh, when you're sure. at like a much higher level. Yeah. I oh, <laughs> can yeah. just dart in and out of these attacks and dodging, kind of seeing the gravity field pop up and having that split second to dodge out of it. Yeah. You know, but you might be dodging into a pickaxe of oh, one of the yeah. miners. Oh, I got yoinked into that gravity thing almost every single time. It was nice not being next to a cliff to get <laughs> chucked off the cliff. That was nice. But yeah. And it's nice. Um, it's kind of fun because that attack doesn't do a ton of damage. Mm, unless just, he throws you off a cliff. Unless he throws you off a cliff. Which is what kept happening to me in other places, but yes. But it seems there's a combo of he hits you with the gravitas move where he stabs the sword. This is the alabaster lord. I don't mm -hmm. think we said that that's... Oh yeah, no. There's a... They're all like different stones, right? There's an onyx lord and there's the alabaster lord and there's like there's all sorts of... Just two, yeah. Is onyx it just and two? Alabaster. Okay. We'll find out. Yeah, I feel like it's at least three, but maybe I'm wrong. Perhaps. Yeah. We'll find out. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going through with a completionist method to kind of com combat the way that I first played the game, which oh, was sure. Kid and Candy Store method. Yeah. But I believe this guy is an alabaster. What the heck kind of depressing candy stores did you go to as a kid? <laughs> Goth my candy My stores. favorite candy store is the one where you walk in and they shoot you. <laughs> yeah. Crossbow bolt to the yep. face. Um... Do we get anything from him? I feel like you get their swords in like weird ways. We do not get anything from yeah. him, just ruin runes and a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. But if we kind of hop across the the way on some ruins, then we can get to the forest lookout tower, which there are some gar Godric soldiers guarding. Mm -hmm. And if we climb up to the top, Cut down the guy on the ballista and open the chest. Do you remember what we get? Uh, ooh, I don't remember what we get. My heart says probably screwed over by something. No, we get this amazing item that I totally missed my first time around. The hand ballista. That's right. Yep. That's right. And I believe some ballista bolts to try it out with, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. I love that they're just giving us things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's so many times in Dark Souls where somebody attacks you with some huge weapon and you're like, I wish I could have that. And then they don't give it to you. And you're like, well, I'll never get that. Yeah. And then they give it to you at the end of the game when you yeah. can only use it in New Game Plus. Black Knight but Halberd. 
Or if you're me, you get that one first yeah, try I know. in the basin. <laughs> <laughs> but you get this you get this awesome weapon that you just got probably blasted in the face with. Mm-hmm. So that was super cool. I thought that was a little bit of like fan service, especially if you just got through getting your butt kicked by the alabaster. Yep. Yep. Cool. Any other thoughts about that kind of top area? No, not not too many about that top area. I think pretty close to there you get the I think you get your first like decent greatsword somewhere close, right? Um that's a little bit further south. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm not talking about I'm talking about the bastard sword. Yes, yes, that is, is that a little further bit south? further south. Okay. Yeah, I think that's in Castle Morn. I need to replay to Weeping Peninsula. <laughs> it's all good. I took I took notes. Good. <laughs> took notes to help us. Um, so, yeah, up at the top, there are a couple other things up there. Um, it's Oridus's... Oridus's... Oridus's Rise. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> but I think it's our first Rise puzzle, mm-hmm. which there are these uh, chic little apartments and lovely little parts of uh, <laughs> um, the lands between, you know, just great overlooks. And you have to solve little puzzles to get inside them. Mm-hmm. And you get an item. Usually it's magic themed. Usually yep. it's like a memory slot so you can get a new magic spell memorized. Yep. But sometimes they give you other items. This one is a... Uh, memory stone. Do you remember what we have to do to gain access to Oridus's rise? Oh, let me think. There's like a few of the rises that I dream about because I hated the puzzles so much. <laughs> Is Does this one have to do with turtles or tortoises? Yes, seek three wise dogs. Yes, and are these real tortoises or are these ghost tortoises? These are... Um, glitchy invisible tortoises yeah yeah okay i yep. remember is one of them in a tree not at this one okay i searched around thinking it was in a tree on my yeah like, this one's gotta be in a tree no they're all on the ground um but they're all invisible so yes. you have to like run through them and then i had this weird thing the last time i played it where i like hit him a few times i thought i did and he just wouldn't disappear and so mm-hmm. i said oh i guess he's just there and then I searched around. I couldn't find one. I came back and hit him again. and was like, oh, it was that one. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not very good at these. <laughs> uh, one more thing up there. Uh, the Impaler's Catacombs. Mm. If we go very to the northmost point on the uh, east side of the Bridge of Sacrifice, mm-hmm. we find a tiny little hole and we find the Impaler's Catacombs, which introduces us maybe for the first time time unless you're drew and you used your stone sword key to (laughs) imps and traps yep i actually think the imps are kind of like the least scary of the enemies like every time i'd see them i'd be like oh it's just imps and i'd run in i'd still get killed but i wouldn't feel bad about it i wouldn't feel like i want to avoid these i'd just run in not prepared and then you know have too slow of an attack speed or too close range and then they jump back and then they jump forward and then you die from blood loss and i love they do They're that kind of fun that little wild strikes running attack oh yes like, yeah where they fall over at the end they remind me a lot of the dark souls 3 enemies um the what are they called squalls or surfs or oh yeah yeah the, the hoods peasant, the mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah those were way creepier though Thralls, I believe they're called. Okay. Yeah. They were pretty creepy, especially the one with the flamberge. Mm. 
Anywho, uh, apparently we get the imp head cat. I didn't find that my last time through there, but the the imp head cat headpiece is in the impaler's catacombs. Is we it? Can, I think we can farm it maybe. Okay. Shout out to Fextra Life for helping me with all this research. <laughs> I recently found out you can toggle on and off all the points of interest and stuff. I was like, ooh, my caffeinated brain last oh, night nice. was just like, this is great. Um, so that's pretty much all that is up there. So let's go back to Miss Irina. Mm-hmm. What is, uh, so set the scene for us, Drew. We just are on this rainy, rainy peninsula. We fought our way past the b- ballista, and we see someone in the fog. Who is it? Well, it's a sad little girl with a sad little side quest to reach her sad little father <clears throat> to convince him that he shouldn't be so sad and he should just abandon abandon the castle and come live with her. And she's blind, so I don't know how she made it out there. Well. She's she's sitting next to something. I can't remember what. I mean, there's a little fire. Are there dead are there corpses around her or no? If you have to ask. I'm trying to remember. It's been a little bit. I just remember every time it, that was one of the NPCs where I knew something bad was going to happen right off the bat. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't want to do this, but I know I probably have to. But she tells you to take a letter to her dad. Yeah. So uh, we see a woman, uh, blonde hair. We see the kind of prophet uh, garb over her eyes. Like mm-hmm. her eyes are covered. She's in kind of a tan dress. She's sitting by the side of the road by a lamp. Yes. Oh, that's And a little kind of uh, stone bridge. Yep. And there's a next to the road leading down into this kind of valley that is covered by the area that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talk to her and she says, is anyone there? And she says that she comes from Castle Morn to the mm-hmm. south and that the servants are full wrath. Even, even a sad castle. It's Morn. Yeah. Literally. Like... It's just sad, man. Indeed, very yep. sad. But the servants have rebelled, is what she said, and that they since have come from the castle and murdered all of her companions, and she was only just so lucky to get away, mm-hmm. and that her father is basically in charge of this castle more to the south, and that she is begging us to take a letter to him to say, please, just abandon your post, you know, let your honor go. And come run away, so at least you'll survive. Mm-hmm. Right? And she asks us to deliver this letter to her father. And then you talked about the corpses. Yes. <laughs> so if we were a little curious, we peek down the way, we see, oh, wow, there's a lot of dead Godric soldiers yep, around yep, here. Yep, yep, yep. And then we hear... Shoom, Ugh. Shoom, shoom. What do we see? What do we see down there? We see some misbegotten uh soldiers just hacking up these corpses yes over and over and over again i never put together if they if that was purely out of hatred or if they were like gonna eat them or what yeah i wouldn't uh they got big mouths so yeah i think the implication yeah because they don't seem they don't seem like herbivores to me (laughs) no and later we find out that there was probably some some yeah human consumption going Uh, on yeah uh, but yeah, so we see our first misbegotten enemy, mm-hmm. and these had me shook the first time I saw They're them. They're creepy looking, especially and- the big wing ones. <laughs> Ugh. I eventually put together that our smithing master, Hugh, mm-hmm. has the same model. 
He just has a beard to cover his big, crazy smile. Right. Um, but the way they attack is really, really cool. They kind of are like like uh, the goat demons from Dark Souls 3, mm. where they kind of jump up in the air, hit you with the, in the face with their hooves, stun you, and then follow it up with a big cleaver slam. Yep. And then they just don't stop slamming that cleaver. No, they do not. They can't stop, won't stop slamming that cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think we get to summon in this area. Uh, if we're talking about where the big carts are. Yep. I don't recall. I don't recall summoning in that area. Well, we can kind of aggro some of... There are a couple Godric soldiers alive. There's some dogs (laughs) running around. Yep. And there is a giant, too. So we can really get the the melee going on. Oh, yeah. You can get some chaos working. Yeah, which is super fun and also a good way to teach the player that, hey, enemies can really do some damage to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which one was I playing? Dark Souls 1, I believe. Because, yeah, we were doing the, the countdown and stuff. And our enemies do not damage each other in nope, Dark Souls They're 1. just there for you. Just for you. But here, they I don't can... even think they dislike each other in that game. <laughs> they love each yeah, other. Yeah, they're all, they all Happy... had a meeting right before you started playing. Happy undead family. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, they uh, all can damage each other. And so we can get a big fricassee going on and then just dodge out of the way and let the, the chaos ensue and, and pick out the scraps. Which is a good tactic. Yes. I think I just used archery from a great distance. Nice. And would just try to shoot one, make sure not to scare everybody else, and then shoot another. I wasted lots of arrows. Yeah. But, yeah. Never never will you use more arrows than, aside from DS1 trying to get that first uh, dragon tail sword, you'll never waste as many arrows as trying to just, as a low-level archer, kill one of the giants. With oh just a, with just a standard bow and no. regular arrows. Yikes. Yeah. Bad now, times. if you had a plus five hand ballista. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I should have gone that way first. <laughs> I should have known. But, uh, yeah, we can also loot a piece of gear here, the Morning Star, mm-hmm. which is a great bleed weapon early on. Does a lot of damage. Yeah. A lot of... Uh, I think it's strike damage and bleed it's damage. strike and bleed, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, so we continue on down the Castle Morn way, and we reach the Castle Morn Rampart, mm-hmm. and some nice respite from the Demi-Humans. Yes. <laughs> if only to be tracked by a giant sniper. <laughs> well, this isn't quite the sniper area. This is our nice little respite, unless we go there by night. Oh, what's there at night? Well, before there, at all the time, is a nice merchant. Mm-hmm. Remember the merchant there? Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah, I think I wrote down some of the things he sells, maybe. No, I just wrote down that he is there. <laughs> and it's that he is nice. Merchant. Yeah, he sells some stone sword keys, some mm-hmm. consumables. I think some arrows. Perhaps the chain gear. Uh, but if we wait there at night, we find that we have been stalked by one of the knight's cavalry. Oh, As Morgoth yes. said live in fear of the night right i forgot that there was a knight's cavalry in that area and my god do they cut an incredible figure because it's you know it's nighttime it's raining there's a nice mist and over the crest of the hill comes this knight's cavalry Mm -hmm. with the double flail Mm. oh my god the double flails are pretty cool i know the armor is cool i wish so much that you could get horse armor in that game that you could get the knight's cavalry horse covering 
Yeah, for a torrent. That would be so sweet. Do you know what they reminded me of? What? And I just put it together because there was like, despite the fact that they're not necessarily the hardest enemy, there was like a very visceral like fear moment when I first saw one. Yeah. And it reminds me of back in, oh, what year would it have been? 2000 and something. There was, you know how like there were the movies, the Lord of the Rings movies and stuff, mm-hmm. and there would be licensed Lord of the Rings games and then there'd be like the unlicensed, unlicensed Lord of the Rings. Ones. So there's this unlicensed Fellowship of the Ring game for PS2. And it's very fun but horrible at the same time. Like it's super clunky, the controls are awful. You have to get all of your health items in the first level for the rest of the game. And it's like you save as you go. Oh. Like that sort of thing. So like you can really screw yourself quite badly. Is this the one where you have to do the side quest with Smeagol to get the fish weapon? Yes, and I never could yes. do it. And I never could figure that that side quest out. And it haunts me to this day. And I want to replay it, but I can't find it anywhere. But <laughs> the the level right after um right after you do Bilbo's birthday party and all that stuff, and Gandalf wanders off and then he comes back. And you're playing as Frodo, and you have to escape the Shire. And oh, there's yes. ring wraiths chasing you. Yes, and, I remember this. Yeah, oh, and I was like a child playing that, and I just remember being so... Like, the ring wraiths in the movies were not as scary as the ring wraiths in that game. Mm. And that's what the Knight's Cavalry remind me of. And it, so it was all of this like, oh, I can't let them see me, because that's how the mechanic in that game level worked. And in reality, you can just fight them. Yeah. Couldn't do it back then. But yeah, that's what they reminded me of. It's the PS2 unlicensed ring rates. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to, uh, I believe it was my friend Steven Van Roy who had that game. And I played it a lot at his yeah, house. Yeah, nice. And at one point, I just remember coming over and he was like, hey, you want to play as Aragorn? I'd be like, oh, yeah. And I'd, I'd play. I was like, why is he swinging a fish? Yeah. <laughs> wonderful it's like oh no no it's the strongest sword in the game i'm like wait what i i wanted so badly i remember looking up that that like cheat on ign.com back then back when it was all just farmland and uh just wishing that i could understand what they were talking about but yeah good well, massive uh rabbit trail yep. aside the knight's cavalry is a fun fight yeah um to me, it kind of teaches you that you got to keep moving forward because mm-hmm. he does the big jump attacks with the horse. Oh, yes. And if you kind of dodge into them and slightly at an angle, you end up in decent positioning to not, not take damage and maybe yep. get a counterattack. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also getting damage to the horse mm-hmm. and dismounting him is yep. really cool because then you can do a... You can fight him on the ground a little bit. A little bit. He doesn't stay on the ground too much. He maybe swats at you a couple times, and then he does a big AOE that summons his horse back. Yep. Um, You remember what we get from this one? Uh, What do we get from this one? We get the Knight Rider Flail. Mm. That's the double. That's the double flail. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, they show us something that a cool enemy has and immediately give it to us. Yeah. That's pretty nice. We'll have to at some point talk about when we've gotten through all the areas, we'll have to discuss our favorite encounters with the with that boss. Mm, yeah. Cause little do we know, maybe we know if we saw um some stuff in Limgrave, there mm-hmm. are more Knights Cavalry. Yes, yes. As well as other night bosses in general. Other night bosses in general. And also other night bosses <laughs> with a K. Um so 
Castle Morn Rampart. And then if we continue past, um, we have another encounter with not a ballista, but we wouldn't be mistaken in thinking so. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get the map fragment for the area. Yep. So uh, I think that, you know, the game kind of leads you down a pretty specific path because the graces point one way. Yep. And the uh, the map fragments are visible on your map Mm-hmm. You know, long before you get to them, you can kind of see, oh, there's a map stiefel thing. Yep. More stiefel. <laughs> uh, but, so we get the map fragment, and we can kind of see that the Weeping Peninsula is much larger than, than what we, we think. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah it's huge. Humongous. Big old place. And I, I remember getting into that spot, not knowing what was happening. Like, why am I suddenly exploding all the time? <sighs> And then in my frantic search for shelter, ran into what I thought. I kept thinking, this whole game, I kept thinking, oh, no, I'm at the poison swamp. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I'm at the poison swamp. And it was just a little pond. Yeah, poison pond. Poison pond. And there were so many of those. And I was just so expectant, like, all right, here we are. This is this is one of the Miyazaki poison swamp levels. And then it's just like, no, it's just like three feet of... Three by three of poison, and then just like don't walk in it. There's no reason to go there. And then I'd explode there, and then realize that it was a giant shooting at me. <laughs> so yeah, there there is a lot of poison in the Weeping Peninsula. We find out, and mm-hmm. there's there's so many little stories in this area that I feel like we could go down any number of rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for for right now, let's just continue down towards Castle Morn, mm-hmm. and everything kind of points us that way. It's like. I think we talked the other day just in passing about how there's so much elevation in this area. Yes. And everything just slopes down to a big hole in the ground, yeah. which is Castle Morn. Yep. Which symbolically is the lowest point of that area as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but as we continue down, I loved my first experience with the exploding is um, I saw some wandering nobles walking ahead of me a little bit. And mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, map fragment. And I was like, oh, there's some guys over there. And then... They oh, they just, got they got, got, got. That's amazing. And I was like, maybe I should move. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I started running around. Um, so on one side of Castle Morn, we see it out in the distance. There's a big golem mm-hmm. patrolling with a big great bow. That's the source of the explosions. And then to... So I guess if we're looking south, then to the east of him is a beach mm-hmm. uh, with not a lot on it yeah it's pretty minimalist beach there's some like wandering corpses and some land octopuses very similar to lake billsby minnesota (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) come visit our great state yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but then the other side there's a poison swamp and a little treasure scarab a little dung beetle oh yeah you remember what we get there uh no only because i always kind of had a defeatist mentality with those things. I was like, I'm not even going to catch it before it goes. A very tight night shard bug uh, flashbacks, you yeah. know, where it's just like, I'm not even going to, I'm never going to get it. Well, and I should have paid more attention because, um, I should have paid more attention because those are where you get a lot of your spells and items and stuff. Yes. And I kind of was thinking, yeah, upgrade materials mm-hmm. and like, I just want to explore more of the game. I'll get back to it. I should have been using all of the little uh, map markers. You know, that would have been super helpful. Yep. But we get the poison mist. Ah. So there are three. Is that the Ash of War, the spell? 
believe it's the spell. Okay. Because you get a lot of Ashes of War from them, too. Indeed. Yeah. yeah spells and Ashes of War from those guys. Um, and it, So they're three for three now mm-hmm. on showing us something cool yep. and immediately giving it to us. Yeah. Instant gratification land. Um, so we approach Castle Morn. We take out the golem. I believe he only has half health. Really? I think so. Interesting. Like he's been damaged? Yeah. Oh, weird. They do this a few times with certain boss fights and field bosses where they... I already like at half health to sh- I don't guess to prove a point of like somebody's been here and they fought him. Oh sure. So interesting lore in the mechanics. Yeah, indeed. I think it's the maybe the misbegotten's leaving the castle. Oh. Perhaps the golem is still faithful to. Do you think he got them? Probably not. They probably just damaged him and moved on because they were after the big sacrificial cart that had oh, the morning sure. star. Yeah. Because everybody wants that morning star. Everybody wants that morning star. <laughs> You've got a date with a giant dragon and Caleb. <laughs> we'll get to that. But uh, so then if we get past the golem, we arrive at the castle Morn rampart side of grace. Yeah. No, though, that was the place with the knight's cavalry. Yes. This is why I have. That's good to have notes. I have notes. This is where Ca- you could get to the elevator, right? Castle Morn lift. You're yes, exactly that's right. right. Castle Morn lift. Which I got to say. That design, like, I remember being, like, a kid, my buddies and I would always just, like, fantasize about, like, if I was going to design a castle, what would the ultimate defenses be? And, you know, put a moat here. One of my buddies played, I think it was called Age of Empires, on his computer a lot. And it's like, how would you make the ultimate, like, impenetrable castle? And having a lift (laughs) is genius. That's genius. Because how the heck are they gonna get up there if you if you don't send the lift down? That's uh, another Game of Thrones strategy. Oh yeah, I guess it is. Yep. Yeah. The wall. Yep. They have yeah, all the big it's, lifts. It's a beautiful idea. It's so like it's just such a fun weird thing to see because mm-hmm. like you would just think, all right, we're gonna see a big like iron bar gate or something, and then just walk into a courtyard, and it's like, nope. For sure. You're gonna go through the gate, and then you're gonna get an elevator, and then you're gonna get to the <laughs> courtyard. Well, and I thought it was a good way, too, of it's our first castle, you know, maybe. We had Stormvale, mm-hmm. but, like, if we went this Stormvale's first... more than a castle. Stormvale's a way of life, man. <laughs> Indeed. Stormvale is a legacy dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> but this is not really so much of a legacy dungeon. Just, like, a little teaser, a little taste of a legacy dungeon. Yeah. Um, I believe is... they would just call that a dungeon. <laughs> Well, because it's kind of shaped a little bit like the forts that mm-hmm. we've seen. Yep, just bigger. Just bigger. Yep. And there's some extra little areas. Yeah. I think we'll get into Castle Morn a little bit later when we can have a, uh, you know, whistle stop front to back yeah. look at it. That's fair. But that's what, it's one of my favorite places in the game. So though. It's so good. But on the way there, there is one more field boss, mm. and it's a night boss. Oh, which night boss is that? It is becoming one of my favorites. I hated it for a long time because of its variant. Oh. But I love this version, the Deathrite Bird. Oh, there's a Deathrite Bird there? Yep. How did I forget that? Yeah, I've definitely killed all the Deathrite Birds. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any of the ghost flame powers, which okay. makes me love him. Oh, so he's like just a little baby Deathrite Bird. Yes. He doesn't really have any wings either. Okay. And what do you get from him? We, we get the sacrificial axe. It's that kind of U-shaped, very yeah. short little guy yep. axe. Um, 
I discovered on my New Game Plus that I was doing my refresher on this area. I had one in my inventory. I popped two of those bad boys on. Looks amazing. Oh, the boy. The set is so great, but they're so short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love his attack patterns, and I love that he's got kind of this long... Uh, Creepy, uh, jointed neck thing. Yeah. yeah. And it keeps his head close to the ground. It feels great to fight him and to dodge. He's got the poker, so he kind of like does these big wide swings, and then he'll leave his head available, so yeah. you can kind of jump up and do a diving smash on the head. You get extra damage for hitting the head. Does he do the, the pecking attack? Yes! Yeah. That's a, I've died to that attack a lot of times, but it's always kind of fun to see. Yeah, kind of backs up, puts his yep. sword back, and just like pecking yep. you. The other one I really like, he does a scream mm. that inflicts um, our probably our first sign of death buildup. Ah. We get the death blight buildup if we're too close to his scream. Death blight's so creepy. Yeah. So, I want to kind of introduce this concept before we, before we wrap up this little first recording mm -hmm. session for this episode. Um, with the, the sacrificial axe. So, we kind of have this uh, this idea that we have this ruling class down in the south, and the, the, there's this other class, this uh, servant class, right? And then we start to see there's some kind of weird stuff going on. We got this uh, death right bird over here. We got some poison spreading, um, you know, and then we see this sacrificial axe, and the sacrificial axe is described in being used in, like, um, rituals. Mm -hmm. And how on the the axis the death bird, uh, the death bird is uh, shown as a vengeful god on this effigy on the axe, and so, you know, if we had to guess, what what class might be more into like a sacrificial axe? Would that be the ruling caste or the servant caste? Well, I would have to guess based on the fact that it's what it's Godric soldiers, right? Yep, they're the ones occupying the fort, it yeah, looks like. It, it does, yeah. So it's Godric's soldiers. It's like human, like the whatever the guy's name is that runs the castle. Yes, Arena's papa. Yeah. Um, I would think that they'd be more into like Golden Order stuff. Mm-hmm. And not so much into the death stuff. The death stuff seems like a response to the Golden Order stuff. Perhaps. You know? And or with, maybe it was something there before the Golden Order sure. got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would suspect that it's probably the the misbegotten mm -hmm. toying with some things. Because that axe also does look similar to the types of weapons that the misbegotten use. Indeed. Right? Just harsh looking. Yeah. I mean, all the weapons are kind of harsh looking, but just like really jagged and like unelegant i would say very much yeah. like to strike fear and brutality mm -hmm. and so it seems it seems along that line yeah now are agree. are are the misbegotten those that live in death or associated Perhaps. with i don't they you know they don't have any indicators i guess physically mm -hmm. they just seem like you know a, a weird kind of enemy they kind of have lots of animal features that don't seem to match they don't seem to go together yeah you know but they don't seem to have like any skeletal exposed parts they don't seem to you but know they do use a lot of bone stuff yes yeah and i think you know we'll we'll, we'll pick it up with this idea that maybe there's more going on here than 
yeah. than at first meets the eye. But mm-hmm. on first glance, it, it seems kind of odd. We got these uh, guys chopping at the humans, and mm-hmm. then we find this sacrificial axe. And then there seems to be some sort of conflict between the servant class and the ruling class in this area. Arena seems nice. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a little naive of yeah. what's really going on. She is blind. She is blind. Why is she blind? Does she have eyes that just don't work? Or does she not have eyes? And they maybe worked at one time. Yeah. Maybe she gave her eyes away. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. There's a lot going on here. But I think we'll pick it up next time. We're not going to quite head into Castle Morn yet. I'm going to say that again. We're not going to head into Castle Morn yet, though. We're going to save some of these mysteries, and maybe before we act upon the situation with Arena and her father, we should, now that we have the map, mm-hmm. we can go around the area and maybe gather some more clues about what's going on really yes, in the I Weeping like Peninsula. I like it a lot. But uh, anything to add about that kind of first initial journey down from the Bridge of Sacrifice to the Castle Morn lift? Only that I think it does a very good job in the initial walking into the place of completely hiding from you what you're about to experience. Because all of the all of the different areas in the game have drastically different designs, right? Yes, for I sure. mean they like just color palette alone, drastically different. Mm-hmm. The Weeping Peninsula makes you think, which I think is great for an early area, makes you think that it's just kind of more of the same. Maybe a little bit more woodsy, mm-hmm. but like the rock formations are very similar. The color choices are very similar. Mm-hmm. The layout isn't all that much different from stuff that you would have seen in Limgrave already. Yeah, And so it's kind of cool that it's like, I remember when I first got there going, okay, well, it's a big game, but it must not be like, they must not have really designed it very deliberately you know kind of the thing that everybody was afraid of when uh, we were all waiting for it and looking at like all the leaks about like how big the map was and stuff and then like as you go in you realize like oh this is this is much different from from the last area and it's a good it's a good kind of like i don't know it's a good kind of toying with uh, toying with the players on behalf of the developers, I think, yeah. to go, hey, it looks the same. Same kind of castle that you'd see, and then same kind of walkways and stuff, and then, boom, all the rest of the stuff. But we won't talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they're showing that they can tell a different kind of story for the area with similar parts. Mm-hmm. And But I also think it's... They worked really hard on Limgrave, Mm -hmm. and I think it's a way of kind of savoring some of those assets and showing them, you know, before we dive into the drastically different landscapes, let's kind of just, you know, we worked really hard on this. Let's show it in a different cast. You know, it's always raining there, Mm -hmm. so you always get that kind of certain lighting effect. Um, And then showing, I think it's a good way, too, as we'll find out that we're introducing these different factions and kind of these little threads that will Mm -hmm. be followed up elsewhere um but just setting a nice foundation of of that diversity that we're going to see in landscape and character and theme Mm -hmm. 
best is with like colossal weapons because you just go. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. All right. Amazing. So we're talking to blind lady that we just saw by the side of the road. Hello. Is somebody there? Might I bend your ear for a moment, please? She's very like Irish, right? Yeah, very much so. I've escaped from Castle Castle Morn with an E at the end. That's pretty Irish, too. Yeah. Her eyesight's been weak since birth, you see. Also very Irish. <laughs> yeah. Her yeah. Her good father secreted her out of the I castle. keep reading that as secreted, and it's oh just horrible. I hate that word so much. So, where we last left off was right at the gate of Castle Morn, but if we picked up the map leading up to Castle Morn, in between getting sniped by the uh, giant <laughs> golem then we can see that there is much more of the continent or peninsula rather to yeah. explore i would call um, them maybe territories territory yeah it's much more of the territory to explore off to the west um so if we climb some rocks like we did earlier in our playthrough uh we end up in the demi-human forest mm-hmm which initially I thought that perhaps the servants who were full wrath that Arena was talking about were demi-humans. Yeah. And perhaps it was more of a like, hey, we go to their forests and, you know, capture them and enslave them and that's why they're fighting. But as we kind of encounter some of the demi-humans, we see that they're very different than the misbegotten. Yes. They kind of seem Same more... coloring and stuff, which is yeah. part of why I got them mixed up a lot, but yeah. But they seem more kind of like purely ape-like ape dog like yeah i kind of think about it like uh like the really sad episode of um full metal alchemist brotherhood (laughs) they remind me of especially yeah exactly they remind me of that yeah they do which is just rough but but the misbegotten's are definitely kind of they seem to be like a hybrid Mm -hmm. made from not supernatural means perhaps because they've got like harsh cutoffs where they have like bird legs and yeah um so when we go through the forest we encounter the demi-human queen i don't believe we get her name no no i don't think so i think she's just the demi-human queen yeah good fight i thought yeah we talked about how she i didn't do so good in it but it was an ugly (laughs) fight for me it was an ugly fight for me (laughs) but if we hop up some rocks kind of clip clip (laughs) clip Darn you. There we go. Hop up some rocks and go towards the... Uh, Can I get up those rocks? The west. We got torrent. Yeah, I Can know. Double jump. The, the double jump, I feel like, was not doing it for me earlier. You're so oh, close. We got to get a running start at this. Actually, we're going to try from over here. All right, ready? Clip. Yay. There we go. Nice. A jump that torrent can just barely make. Ooh, that leads to some, some ruins. More jumps that he can just barely make. Nice. My horse platforming skills have dwindled as of late. Let's see. Oh, wait, I can just go down there. Never mind. Yep. So we descend some ruins. And a pretty forest. What is this? Oh, wow. That was a big fall. Oh. Whoopsie. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. And wait, a fall wait. that you can just barely <laughs> survive. But now we're in this little forest area. Right. To the, um, gotta get my directions right, to the west of the 
Castlemorn or the Weeping Peninsula Bridge. Bridge of Sacrifice. Oh yeah. So we've found some ruins in the forest that don't aren't the kind of like uh, pillar ruins that make up the world. They seem to be built later, maybe in decay. Oh, I remember this place. They're the demi-human forest ruins. Let's see. Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> you also got that aspect of the crucible horns to play around with. Oh, backstab. All right, we sneak. Not that it matters because I can't hear anything, so I might have been found out already. The shrieking may have started. No, you'll hear it because the headphones are plugged in. They're just <laughs> oh. on top of my monitor right now. Okay. I do not expect this fight to go well. Do you have summons here? I do, but they're all like plus nine, so they oh, will okay. just absolutely destroy her. All right. All right. So we see a huge demi-human in the middle of the ruins, surrounded by some smaller ones with some sort of staff or weapon in her hand. All right. Here we go. Leroy Jenkins time. Leroy Jenkins. Die. She doesn't get a boss health bar, but we do get a a little memorial symbol for summons. Come back. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, my timing's all my timing is all Jedi right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, hold on. We're reevaluating here. That dragon great shield talisman putting in work. <laughs> oh yes, it is. <laughs> my word. It's been a while, dude. I'm not gonna oh. lie. Oh no, that's not what I wanted. And she casts magic too. Put keep you oh, on my your heels. Gosh, <laughs> There I do go. not. I don't remember anything. <laughs> oh, hyper oh. armor for the win! That's right. I <laughs> the hitboxes are souls-like hitboxes. They're not Jedi Survivor hitboxes. Jedi Survivor, <laughs> if you can get past the arm of an attacker, you can like get in there. Ooh, die. Die, run, oh, run. Nice, nice. And she just took out like three or four of her little guys. Oh, she can hurt her own you. guys? Yep. Nice. Okay, well, maybe that's yeah. what I should have been doing. That's right, hitboxes that don't oh. make any kind of sense. <sighs> yeah, she has two magic spells, kind of a crystal burst spell, and um, oh, nice. Lion's Thank you. Claw to the crotch. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> and kind of just like a, I don't know if it's like a comet or a glintstone type projectile oh, sorcery. None of these controls do what I think. Yeah, and most of her attacks take you back. Or take her back away from you. They're Die. kind of fleeing attacks. And, and you know falls. what, buddy? Just for... Oh. There we go. And we get the crystal burst sorcery and the demi-human queen staff. Which, if you're not, if you didn't choose a mage or an astrologer as mm-hmm. your starting class, this might be the first staff you encounter in the game. I think I got to this very late when I played it, so I think there were, I there were like a couple of other staffs, but I also staves. Sure. I don't know. Um, All the demi humans cower in fear once I you defeat shouldn't. their queen. 
Yeah, make you feel but real I bad. will. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, we're back. That's the last genocidal. Oh. It's a but we get her staff. Um, we get a crystal spell. Mm-hmm. So, I believe the staff says something like, um, "It was gifted to the demi humans, but uh, fools sneer at at the staff." Um, so I think it's kind of written more from a neutral perspective where saying that the people who gave the staff are now sneering at the fact that it was given to make peace with the demi-humans because mm-hmm. they see the demi-humans as less. Yeah. So I viewed that as like the Karians or the Reilukarians. Yeah. It's like maybe trying to make a tentative peace with the demi-humans, but they kind of just look down on them as yeah. less than. So yep. interesting uh, as we go forward. Her design's really creepy. Lanky yeah. things bug me. Like blobby enemies and thick enemies, those don't bug me that much. But really skinny, lanky things, they make me feel not good inside when I see them. <laughs> she is no exception. You're going to love Bloodborne, my goodness. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. I still have not. That's my next one I got to start. I'm waiting to see if the whole uh, the whole solar flare knocking out the internet thing happens. And then I'm saving, oh. saving Bloodborne for that when I can't download other games, you know? Good plan. Good yeah. plan. I didn't even know that was happening. I didn't either. <laughs> Uh, so we get to after we pass through the demi-human ruins I don't even think there's a grace down there nope I think it's the uh, bridge of sacrifice grace and then we kind of there's a stake America there by the ruins Um, yeah that'd be a really annoying boss run if there wasn't a stake America down there (laughs) right Um, but anyways we come up out of the forest Um, I I thought there was a spirit spring there to jump up but there was not when we when we played through it. Uh, yeah, I don't recall seeing one. But we clip our way, uh, Elder Scrolls our way up the, the hill, and we get to the Church of the Pilgrimage, where we discuss there's a sacred tear, mm-hmm. um, a big statue of Radagon, and then uh, from there we can go south. It kind of sets us up, I think, to go to the uh, minor Erd tree there and fight the Erd tree avatar. We're going to wait that good. <laughs> Giant... But, hole ahead. <laughs> there he is, the Erd Tree Avatar. Is he facing avatar. me right now or no? No, he's facing away from you. Ow. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there he is. Okay. And this guy gets a boss health bar. This is so little damage, dude. I hate it. Well, it's only plus nine. Oh, dang it. Ooh. But if you do need more damage, you do have a like fully upgraded sacred seal in your offhand. You I can't it. say that I know what those do. They cast incantations. Oh. Yeah, that was one of those things I just put no time or effort into. Dodge hit strategy. It served me very well before. Indeed. Dang it. Oh. <laughs> Except when I get greedy, it does not serve me well. Oh, like that. That stupid little uh, obelisk thing. I, those are my biggest enemy in this game. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I hate these. Yeah, what is it called? Uh, <sighs> Sacred Land or something, where he slams his staff into the ground and a bunch of little mini Elden Stars... Golden projectiles that search you out. Generally, I just run and they don't hit me. 
I never think to do that. I'm always like, all right, let's assess the situation, dodge when we need to, oh, <laughs> and not dodge when we also need to. Because I found that if you don't, if you Stop get hit by greedy, one, Drew. you get... Stop oh, being greedy! Oh my gosh. Almost dead. Here we go. Here's that golden land again. So run, 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 run. And they never hit you. Oh, I never knew that. Yep. Okay, those aren't that bad anymore. We got him down to half. Ooh. Oh, whoopsie. No! <laughs> I keep double tapping. He's got Come a lot on. of nice roll catches. Like, attacks that seem to go just a little longer than you think they will. Whoopsie. Took me forever to realize what this boss was. It's like Roots, right, or something? Well, it's Roots, but it's also based on a very familiar Dark Souls boss. Oh, is it the 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 big butt demons? Yep. Big booty bouncing. The Asylum demon, Stray demon, Fire Sage. I do appreciate that every attack does not explode with a magic AOE like yes. the uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> stray demons did. <laughs> I hated that. Oh, we almost got it. Are you ready for the big finish? Yep. Lion's Claw. Boom. I love Lion's Claw. It's so over the top, but so wonderful. I think it looks cooler with a small sword, actually. It's like... Yeah, there's just something magical about a giant sword, though. Yes. You yes. know? Literally magical. Ooh. So I believe we get the opaline bubble tier and one other one. I don't remember what the other one is, like a dexterity knot or something. Are those up here? No, you would you would get or it. Or I you... just got them. Yeah. Okay. But I already have them, so Sunflower. I don't think I repeat. And you left in the dust. And they say stuck by ya. Tarnish golden sunflower. <laughs> uh, but from there we can find the tombs word site of grace and the tombs word catacombs. And the tombs word cave. And the tombs word ruins. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just so much tombs word. Well, you know, it's word the tombs, so. Yeah, word of the tombs. Oh, I was thinking word like toward. <laughs> toward, yeah. yes. I think that's more what they mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, tombs word catacombs I didn't strike me as super memorable. Oh, I think it's a, it's a skeleton catacomb. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I prefer those, actually, to the... The little stone goblin catacombs. Yeah. Skeletons are tall enough where you can hit them when yes. you swing your sword. I've missed those little stone goblin guys so many times. The imps are, are absolutely the worst. Yes. Their helmets aren't even that good looking. Really, this is an imp roast podcast. Uh, <laughs> we hate the imps. Yeah, they're just stupid, and they shouldn't, they shouldn't exist. Yeah, but this catacomb isn't too bad. No. I was going to look up the boss because I didn't write it down, stupidly. Um, the tombs were catacombs. Shout out to Fextra Life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we get the prattling pate. Thank you. Yay! I love those. Yeah, I don't even see what the uh, boss of this catacombs is. It's probably, just statistically, one to four watchdog guardians. <laughs> this is actually our first cemetery shade. Ah. I should have written that down. I, I thought that that guy was interesting. Those things are interesting. Yeah. They're very uh, quick. Yes. I got 
I've gotten, gotten I've gotten like by. just grappled by those things uh-huh. so many times. <laughs> so many times. Yeah, they have the little like Lady Maria quick step thing where they turn mm-hmm. invisible and Apparently, I just learned recently that you can farm those guys in certain other catacombs and get their weapon. Which weapon is it? it is, is it the mantis? mantis oh blade. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. Uh, I got my mantis blade in a hero's grave. Yeah, I think that's yep. the place where up, you can up around uh, one of those chariot guys. Because I don't know if the boss can drop the mantis. Blade. I don't think that boss does drop the mantis blade. Well, I don't know if they can even be, like, it doesn't even turn on the random number generator sure. for the drop. I don't think if it's a boss. I think it has to be like a... Yeah, enemy. like a field field boss, technically, yeah. right? Sure. Yeah. Or, you know, with with souls, they're always like, hey, here's this boss, and now it's a regular enemy. Yes. Oh. Don't you feel good about yourself? <laughs> no. No. no, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> it can just uh, kick my ass somewhere that's not a boss or <laughs> Uh, Tombsward Cave. Do you remember that one much? The Tombsward Cave. I do not remember much. This one did not leave a big impression on me either. Yeah, this. I, I feel like the the whole of the Weeping Peninsula, the above ground content is way more thought out than sure. the below ground content. Yeah, I mean, it just is reinforcing the. Uh, oh yeah, this is why because the boss is Miranda the Blighted Bloom. This is a giant Miranda flower. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think you can get the Viridian Amber Medallion down here. Nomadic Warrior's Cookbook. Poison Bone Dart. Nice. But yeah, not a lot down here. I think it's just trying to reinforce that poison aesthetic that there is poison here. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the, the biggest thing about the Tombsward stuff for me was the Wing Scythe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wing Scythe, like I said, was my first playthrough go-to. I think I, I think I thought that they were ugly, and so I was like, not worth it, like not worth using it, and so it just sat in my inventory completely unleveled. We are the Tombsward Bruins. All we right. saw a ton of Trina's lilies up top. Oh, oh, here they come! Stupid pages. The pages. No, I want to be out of this stairwell. You got a little dude with a rapier and a crossbow. Die you! Oh, they can't be staggered. I forgot about that. nice okay one i hate them (laughs) i hate them so much if we could go back and redo the bottom five list i forgot about these guys the bottom five list that didn't come out yet yeah oh yeah that's right (laughs) whoopsie sorry minor spoilers ahead oh boy oh no oh my goodness just die they're pretty deadly with those rapiers. That should have got me a backstab. Nice. <sighs> okay. Short sword overcomes the rapier. We're down in the Tombsward ruins, opening up the treasure room. Oh, why do I feel like this is a trap again? No, no danger. danger. That's why I feel like it's a trap. Not that that does anything in this game, but... We're going to hit him just for old time's sake. This is the ah, winged, the winged scythe. scythe. A.K.A. One of three broken PvP builds. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually my uh, first playthrough weapon of choice all the way up to uh, Fire Giant. 
Ah, nice. Yeah. What did you like about it? Um, I like the hyper armor on the Ash of War. Okay. And also, holy damage was pretty darn good for a lot of the game. Oh, and it has bleed. Yeah, oh, so it's... these make me want whoppers real bad. <laughs> Talking about the uh, little uh, segmented ball creatures that patrol around the Everjails. Oopsie. So we got to use a stone there. sword key to unlock this Everjail. Stone sword key was last with use. You get definitely got to try some of these incantations though. So. There you go, and you got... Flame, grant me strength, black flame blade, black flame, aspects of the crucible. We're doing that one. Yeah, that one's great. I don't know what I'm about to fight here. Is that a... Which one is the horns? Is that a... One of the... Is that a mid-range one, or is that a pretty close one? Uh, that's a gap closer. Okay. Alright, so who is the boss in this weeping Everjail? I don't know. Something. It is the ancient hero of Zamor. Oh, jeez. Nice. All right. Hits you with the ice AOE. Grant me strength. Oh, Oops. and he throws Frost out on the ground. I think this is our first time we get to see Frost in action in this game. Oh, why am I crawling? <laughs> Drink. Yeah, that Black Flame Blade does not last long, but it is effective. Oh, wow. Can you not block those? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have Ooh. not fought one of you guys in a while. Oh. Man. Yeah, he's relentless. I'm, does a lot of spinning I'm attacks. getting my butt handed to me right now. <sighs> War of attrition time. Oh, nice. That is just a great right, ash Now war. he goes back for phase two. He kind of crouches down, sticks his sword in the ground. A beautiful Dancer of the Boreal Valley-esque spin there to start the fight. Yep. Oh, and I forgot. Lunges exist. No! Oh, man. Huge ice AoE. Come on, buddy. Nice. Oh, <sighs> <laughs> I almost feel that the, like the Bloodhound Knight that we fought earlier was kind of preparing us for this guy in terms of his gap closers and status effect buildup. Only this time it's Frost, not Bleed. Oh, dang it. I rolled literally. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. Oh, my gosh. We're going to freeze to death here if we're not careful. Yeah, that frost gauge is getting dangerously oh my goodness. high. Is frost an... Oh, and we're frostbitten. Okay, well, that's all right. It doesn't build back up, does it? No, but it does take time to tick down. So frost takes a percentage of your HP on the proc, and then it decreases your damage negation to uh, certain damage types, especially magic, but physical. Um, and it doesn't... Oh, that's right. I can't... <laughs> doesn't get reset until you take some fire damage or use like oh my a bonus. <laughs> I just want you to die. So then your uh, damage negation penalty just wore off there. And we're about to build it right back <laughs> and up. We're back into frostbite territory. 
Yeah, that's right. Stop being greedy, Drew. Stop it. Oh, man. Such this a cool is armor set, too. Not my... Uh, I know, I love the armor set. The mask is sweet. Oh, oh, oh. <sighs> the added problem with the frost, too, is it you can't see anything. <laughs> die, oh, die, die. We're so close. That YOLO attack. That's all we need. Nice. Oh, oh no. no. A sliver This of is just classic Dark Souls right here. Got a black flame there you can take him out with. We're doing... Uh, Nope, that's not. Oh, that's not what I was trying to do. That was so close. No, let now me. Now you have no FP. <laughs> and we're frostbitten again. Uh, that's, that's what okay. happens when you try to end in style. Well, we'll just there you go. we'll end Woo. in the old style. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> that was really ugly. <laughs> that was uh, that was Jedi Survivor right there. Nice. 100%. Radagon Scarseal. Radagon Scarseal is the talisman we net for succeeding in this fight. That's one of those ones that just makes things harder for you, right? No, it uh, raises your stats, all your physical stats, by three? Oh, oh it's not one of the, the ones that like diminishes a bunch of stuff. No, but it does make you take a slightly more damage. Ah. But yeah, it's a good talisman for sure. Let's read the description of the winged scythe. Um, Sacred scythe resembling a pair of white wings deals holy damage. According to pagan belief, white winged maidens are said to be death's gentle envoys. Hmm. Fia? Hmm. She doesn't have any white wings, though. That might be metaphorical. Metaphorical white wings. Could be. Yes. Um, I do think it's interesting how I think this is the second item description we've talked about that's mentioned pagan. Yeah. So, you know, in the real world, pagan typically refers to like non-Christian, right? You know, I think that it's um, a tiny bit more specific than that. Okay. Because like, I don't think that christians would refer to like muslims as pagan or anything no but i know. think in the time when the to- term was coined right it was like i want to say that it it was very much and this is completely pulling it out of my my sleeve here i don't know for sure but i i, I got the connotation that pagan referred to like a specific part of european yeah culture like where it was a, a worship of like nature and yes and things like that i do believe you're right yeah yep. like referring to the druids and stonehenge yep and yep that was all the so yeah pre-european christian religion and so i think it's yeah. like when the what was it the romans came over the, the yeah the romans fought the pagans and they, stuff they, they and yeah the yep so I think that's an interesting term to use here. Yeah, because, who are the pagans in this game? Uh, yeah, exactly. So to me, I was thinking about that a little bit. They're all worshiping a tree. But are they? Are they all worshiping a, a tree? A lot of them. They are. So who? if you're not worshiping the tree, are you then a pagan? Or are you worshiping the wrong tree? Or mm. yeah, worshiping a different tree, worshiping not the Erd tree, basically. Yeah. So kind of got me thinking, okay, so who... You know, they had these Church of the Pilgrimage, where, you know, a pilgrimage is like going somewhere for a religious purpose. Mm-hmm. So maybe the pilgrimage was down to the Weeping Peninsula to convert the pagans. 
Oh. And to set up the golden order. Would the pagans have been the demi-humans? Perhaps. Maybe the pagans were the... Because we do get a little bit of knowledge later. We can talk about this later. About the people who originally held Castle Morn. Mm-hmm. Before Godfrey took him down. Were the pagans the friends we made along the way? <laughs> the pagans were the friends we made along okay, the way. Okay, got through. it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so, uh, so Keith, whatever his name is. Keith. He's one of the friends we made along the way. Automatically pagan, right? Um, Kenneth? Oh, Kenneth, yes. Kenneth, goodness. Keith. Sorry. I like Keith. For those who don't know, I am operating on very little sleep after a full weekend of shows and stuff and not sleeping so we're in goofy goblin mode right now and yes we're glad I, to have I will be referring to him as keith i suppose keith. from this point on keith height yeah <laughs> keith height kenneth's like ne'er-do-well younger brother indeed, <laughs> keith <indeed>. height <laughs> yeah he he could be a pagan perhaps yeah. Um, but maybe he, you know, he seems to be in with Godric's a lot. So at some point he converted. Yeah. Converted away from his paganism. That could be. Uh, so we keep going uh, towards the southwest and we get to the fourth church of America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a weeping Everjail over there where we fought the ancient hero of Zamor. Yep. So that, again, makes me kind of think, like, what is this guy doing here? Right. Well, the Everjail's like... I don't know. The jail thing, and this might be me being an idiot, but the jail thing sounds like the word jail. Yes. Right? So, am I correct in assuming that they've been imprisoned there? I think that is correct. Okay. Yes. And then, so we're just going finding these dudes that are in prison, and then just killing them in prison. And which, taking their stuff, yeah. Right, which is like a crime under normal circumstances, but in here, I guess it's okay. Uh... So, yeah, what has, what has this Zamor hero been imprisoned for? That is a very good question. You know? And who is... I feel like the, the prisons, because they're all over the place, right? The Everjails are all yes, over the place. all over the place. And they're all the same exact design, mm-hmm. and they're all ruled by, or not ruled by, but guarded by the little milk dug guys. Yep. Um... And those things use, like, gravity magic as far as I can tell. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So would that give us any indication as to who had established the, the Everjails? Gra- Perhaps. Gravity magic is all, like, Radon, right? It seems to come from Kaled, yeah. Yep. So is it Radon? That's like these were just little prisons that he had established all over the world or is Radon ruled by like an outer god of gravity yeah so that's a good question because the gravity stuff tends to be minor spoilers here but uh tends to be associated with the cosmos yep because estelle gives us yeah like, yeah the biggest gravity spell and everything yeah um so yeah, good question. I'm not sure. I always thought the Everjails were, even if they did use gravity magic, they were set up by the Golden Order kind of as they conquered and people sure. who wronged them, who they either thought it would be wrong to kill or yeah, they just imprisoned them. Well, who would be, in your mind, who would be the um, 
what would the term be, I guess, champion of the cosmos, so to speak. Like, it could be Radon, yeah. Is it Radon? The Glomide Queen, mm-hmm. whom we've talked about before. Major spoilers ahead. Right, but we've, we've, talked, <laughs> we've talked about before. I won't say who it is. But, like, the Glomide Queen is, like, cosmos-related, right? Mm, I don't know. I thought she was more Destined Death-related. Oh, maybe she was more Destined Death-related. So then it could be Radon, but I just feel like it can't end with Radon. Like, there's got to be somebody in charge of all of it. The Ascells, yeah. they're all related to it the the like full grown whatever they yep, are the falling star beast yep and then those stinking those onyx and whatever lords mm-hmm. right yeah so like it they're all like completely different designs they're all completely different like backgrounds yeah so is it here's my harebrained theory about these is it that this is a separate um outer god and just like all of the other outer gods seem to be vying for their mm-hmm. place as like the main one, yeah, right. By having all these different, uh, all these different Empyreans that are like kind of in their control and stuff, and so could it be that this is the the cosmos outer gods' uh, way of imprisoning anyone that had a chance at usurping it? It could be um i don't think so yeah you you brought up a whole lot of stuff there and i started to kind of get me thinking because radon says that he he stopped the cosmos right yep he stopped that the was cosmos his big move he and, learned gravity stuff yeah which everybody thinks is just for the horse because it's the cute cover story mm-hmm. but it could be that it, maybe he so it might be something like with millennia where it's like she doesn't really want to the outer god that is trying to come for her yep. she's not a huge fan of it. yeah she's trying yeah. to fend it off yeah because she sees the kind of future that it wants to create could it be the same thing with radon oh and maybe he was just using that gravity magic on behalf of america to imprison her enemies and then eventually it was kind of like oh i gotta stop messing around with this gravity magic because oh i like that like yeah. he saw what it really was and was mm-hmm. like uh-oh yeah so then i have to stop the cosmos hold back the stars it's things like that yeah that, that it's things like that that a make me love this game more b make me recklessly want some sort of narrative series story yeah hbo tv show about it there is a manga like a japanese oh, comic, i didn't know that but it's comedic ah <laughs> My playthrough is already comedic. I've had <laughs> I need some seriousness. I know it would be ruined. I know that if this actually came about, it would be the worst thing that we've ever seen. But I feel like it'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, From one Empyrean's perspective. Like, make the show about Radon. Yeah, maybe they, they say they want Elden Ring to stick around forever. So maybe that's, that's the, next, uh, the next step as we get... <sighs> Because people are already modding the game to yep. play through it as Melania, as Verdon. Like, come on, just give us a, a license once. So we don't have to be PC. Yeah, that'd be great. But anyways. Sorry. So, <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Getting down to uh, the fourth Church of America, mm-hmm. we can also find the Weeping Everjail. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the ancient heroes of Moore. That's how we got on that yes, whole thing. Yes, that's train. how we got on that whole thing. Yep. So I do have a theory about the ancient heroes okay. of Moore. 
I think that he is from Zamora, right? Which we know is far, far north. Yep. And he got taken with him by Godfrey oh. after defeating the fire giants. It's like, hey, you're... And that's how he got the America's scar seal that we get from him. Okay. It's like he was trusted and like became yeah. a he, she, they, whatever. Became a confidant. And so they're like, we're going to take you down to conquer the Weeping Peninsula. And then maybe... This is my head canon, but maybe he got... Uh, uh, kind of seduced by the dark side of like death and all the rituals. Oh, that, interesting. You know, the death birds and maybe fell out of control of the Golden Order and then that, that's why they put him in an Evergreen. Sure, okay. Because the Zamors are actually super ancient. Yeah. You know, before the Erd Tree, so maybe kind of saw all the power of death in that land and was like, yo, Erd Tree's got nothing on this. Yeah. Going back to my roots. Inter- ah, nicely done. <laughs> So that's my little story for the ancient like heroes of more. But. Yeah. Oh, I know where this is. I know where we are right now. Mm. This is uh, one of the places to find someone who doesn't like witches very much. Yes. I believe it's the Witchbane ruins that we're looking down on. Yep. But we don't have to go there right now. Oh, we can go there if you want. All right, we're going. Let's do it. Probably check out that, and then we'll... I feel like there's kind of cool loot at this one, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, I remember what it was. It was um, one of the weirdest spears in the game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The So there's a bunch of these... Uh, um, what do you call them? Puppet knights, whatever? Marionette soldiers? Yeah. Are you going to summon Engval? Yeah, I'm not even dealing with these guys. Do something, man. Okay, fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. It's poison. I sense no aggro. (laughs) Here he comes. Boo! (laughs) I love the Vanished Knights. (laughs) Especially with the Halberds. Yes. He can take them all out. So you're talking about one of the marionette spears? Yeah, so they have these weird spears. I don't... Do you see them? Oh, it's gone now. They got these weird spears with this super weird... I don't know, Catholic looking thing on the end. <laughs> and you know what I mean though? Like it's just got this like it's kind of like bejeweled a little bit, oh, but it's got yeah. spikes on it. Uh-huh. Very much of that type of thing. And it's gold too, so it's like that type. <clears throat> cancel. Yeah, I think you can cancel get cancel your attack. You can get them and they do like they do it's a spear that does bleed damage. Ah. And they're pretty fun. And they got a decent range on them too. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then this horrific... Uh, uh, eh, oh, my oh, gosh. Uh, no, torrent. <laughs> this horrific uh, ball mass of uh, stone faces with glintstone imbued in it shows up at this ruins. Uh, more Catholicism? It's Perhaps. a mass. A mass. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, graven mass, Did he kill I believe. Him? Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. They shoot these magical nukes into the air. Stagger the heck out of Well done, my guy. Good job, buddy. And then we're down into the underground chamber of the ruins. Always fun stuff down here. Very fun stuff down here. Oh. Oh. We got the ambush shard spell. And then we talk to a lady who's tied up against the wall. I don't know if we really talk to her more than just we hear weird gargly sounds. Yes. It will do no good, I swear it, she says. 
And yet you persist, you frothing degenerates. That feels like a hard F word right there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of screaming here. So this appears to be Selen. This mm -hmm. appears to be our mentor. But who's buying? But who's buying? But she doesn't recognize us. I was so sad at this part where I was like, I was like, don't you recognize me? Yeah, I don't think I found her until I was like in her like plot. I don't think I found this area. Yeah. For a while. No, I definitely found this after I had uh, bought some spells from her. Oh, I was yeah. like, what What the heck? And so then I go went back and talked to her. And of course, she has no memory of these events. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why isn't there a prompt to be like, hey... I found your doppelganger being tortured <laughs> in a hole. Want to talk about that? <laughs> she never wants to talk no, about it. No, she doesn't want to talk about it. And now we have the Wandering Mausoleum, which these were featured prominently in the uh, promotion for this game, yep. I remember. And I think in-game, they I kind of was underwhelmed at their purpose. You knock off all the little glowing skulls on the feet. Oh, dang it. No. And try not to get stepped on. <laughs> and then they, How they much fall damage down. What do they do when they step on you? Is that like an instant, instant I think, kill? I don't think it's an instant kill at this level, but. Maybe. They update the, the speed of your horseback attacks. They've updated a lot of attacks. I feel like. Speeds, yeah, I feel like I, you used to have to attack like 30 minutes before you got there. Yeah. Well, it is satisfying that. hitting all the weird skull barnacles off of them. Yeah. Eep, boop. It just makes such a nice little popping. No. There we go. Yeah. I do really like the physics in this game. Just the way things explode and fall down and bounce around. Like these, they all turn into like a bunch of skulls and bounce around and then disappear. Very satisfying. Oh, and now it has started Don't to go fall. Under there. <laughs> We got enough barnacles off of its heels. And it does a nice little crisscross applesauce. Bump around the floor. Um, yeah, so then we find the Witchbane Ruins, which if we met Selen before, holy crap, she's yep. in there. She doesn't recognize us. She calls us a frothing degenerate. Mm -hmm. um, thoughts about that? Yeah, my thoughts are I'm usually like happy about Selen being mean to me, but that time it kind of hurt. <laughs> 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 she, I could tell it. she didn't mean it in the same way, you know? Like she really meant that one. <laughs> Hit a little too close to home. Uh, yeah, I... I well, I think I mentioned a few times, like, I, I got maybe down to that point a little bit later. Yeah. So by that time, I had already met Selen, but I'd also already met somebody else. Uh... And so it was kind of like part of the plot already like i hadn't accidentally happened upon it you know i was like out there looking for stuff yeah and so it made a lot of sense then yeah i think the thing that maybe didn't make a lot of sense to me was just like how far one of the characters it's implied like he went just a trek to either get to the yeah. festival or was around there and then just makes a trek back to his like little bat cave yeah and and minor spoilers but we're talking about jaren mm -hmm. um what's his title the guy who hates witches 
Witch Hunter. Yeah. Yes, that's Witch it. Hunter Witch Jaren. Hunter, yes. you got it. Witch Hunter? Yes. Jaren. That Hunter. Yes, that, that's Jaren. Yep. <laughs> no, he's the Witch Hunter. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so if we have done other stuff, yeah, he mm-hmm. shows up there too. But for right now, it's just if we've only explored Limgrave, it's just like, Senpai, why don't you recognize me? <laughs> Uh, but if we continue southwest, we see the walking mausoleum. And we talked about a ghost outside of the Fourth Church of America that calls the demigod in the walking mausoleum a soulless demigod and an mm. unwanted son of America. Mm-hmm. So maybe that kind of ties into what we were talking about with the omens and the curse and how yeah. like maybe we tend to think i think of the like demigods as close to us cuz some of them are still around yep. but it could be that they're super duper old and there were a lot of like uh generations after them that didn't go so well you know people being born without souls and omens and all that good stuff we got a ghost outside the church he's not having a good day the mausoleum prowls cradling the soulless demigod that's how I sit when I'm mixing. <laughs> the question mark posture. Oh yeah, shrimp, shrimp back. So did, oh, he, did he say un- Mar- uh, America's unwanted child? Currently the soulless demigod, America, Queen Eternal. Here is your unwanted child. He is your unwanted. Or he is. Goodness, sorry. I'm on four hours of sleep. I can't read. You're fine. This is the Church of the Pilgrimage, I believe. Well, let's let's double check that. Yes, yes, Church of Pilgrimage. Yeah. So we get a sacred t- tier here. We can upgrade our flask of tiers to give us more FP or HP. And then from there, why don't you swing the camera left just a teensy bit. Yeah, we see a, a big minor erd tree off in the distance. From the actual perspective. Yes, not flat on the map. Yep. England's strange case of decapitated bodies because ah. I wanted to know what the significance might be of that guy that's in the mausoleum. Yeah, he has no head. Yep. And the soldiers around him have no heads either. Yes. I would normally not use this as a source, but uh, this is the <laughs> first thing that came up. Maybe... Hmm... Well, we know from software loves to take real life inspiration, right, for their their storylines. Maybe we look at this. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So the the first article that popped up was from the Daily Beast, which is not like something that I ever. <laughs> Shout out to the Daily Beast. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, let's see here. Roman burials, 4th century Roman cemetery, buried St. Edmunds, includes the remains of, uh, let's see. Ah, so decapitation that took place post-mortem. Oh, it's the quirky burial. This is why I don't ever, (laughs) it's the quirky burial practice of just a dumb way of saying it. Roman era Britons. Let's see here. So this ties into what we were talking about with yep. the pagan imagery. That's right. So it's not the first example of decapitated bodies in ancient Britain. 
Blah, 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 blah. Heads buried separately from their bodies. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to just find... Oh, here we go. These excavations revealed that a number of bodies there had been decapitated, punctured by animal attacks of the asymmetrical musculature, uh, all of which was suggestive that these bodies belonged to gladiators. Hmm. Uh, further scientific analysis revealed that they didn't belong to gladiators, but soldiers. Hmm. There we go. And then blah, 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 blah. There was a burial practice in the Roman period that did that, blah, 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 blah. What I think it's getting to is that... Wow, okay, this is going into a lot of stuff. What I think it goes to, though, what I want to say that it goes to is that burying without a head was like a... That was like a like a curse mm. type of thing. Hmm. Where, like, you would get... The body would be decapitated so oh, okay. that they couldn't, I don't know, enter into the afterlife hole or something like gotcha. that. Gotcha. Like, it was done maliciously. Hmm. And it was usually, like... I want to say it was usually done to, like, people that, uh, yeah, people that, like, either the, either the church thought were living in a bad way or that, like, the, the society of the area were, like, in disagreement with. That makes a lot of sense for our Elden Ring narrative. Yep, yep, yep. If it is like the unwanted, uh, unwanted um, child of of America, was that? Yeah. It? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, are we thinking that kind of leads me to maybe think that perhaps the Golden Order is down here imposing its religion mm. over the, and so burying the bodies of their soldiers with no heads in these Erd Tree burial chambers so that they get absorbed by the Erd Tree, but maybe their souls are not absorbed by the Erd Tree um, so that they come back as as people who are adherent to the Golden Order. Aha. And uh-huh. finally, interestingly enough, finally, um, what do we have here? A small quote from another article. Um, about burials that had the head separate from the body but placed between the feet. Hmm. Yes. Postmortem head choppings. And it looks to be laid out in a similar way without the arms stretched up. Why was this done? Because, oh, deviant burials, they called them. Ah. Yes. That's what it was. So the people who were being buried were deviants? Yep. Oh. It looks like that. And you were either buried face up or face down. But yes, it was mm. possible that these decapitations were practiced belonging to a cult or a group that moved into the area, Peachy said. Perhaps the technique came from a labor force or even slaves from an estate elsewhere in the Roman Empire. Mm. The decapitations might be related to pagan belief system that held that spirits needed to be released for the afterlife or even that the head was a container of the soul. Wow. A practice seen in pre-Roman Catholic Celtic... uh, Wow, I butchered that. (laughs) Pre-Roman... Not Roman Catholic. Pre-Roman Celtic tribes. 
Hmm. So it's either done. It's either done as a screw you, or it's done in accordance to pagan rituals. Hmm. So it's ambiguous. Yeah, and I tend to think maybe the headless thing is an Erd tree way of maybe uh, conquest too. Sure. Or maybe it's just the death practices of the death birds too. Yeah. It's it, yeah. It's very hard to see because you know we could look at it as like you said the they're trying to like curse them before uh, yeah they send curse them, them before yeah. they send them off or this is just the way that people have been doing things and the Ur tree is trying to get away from that with the Ur tree burial chambers yeah I don't know but I mean it is like it does line up with the pagan thing yes for sure I all that I think we're starting to discover that the weaving peninsula is. It's kind of our like tether to reality yeah. in this game where we're meant to go down here and get all these very realistic situations and details um, that, you know, mimic a lot of what we have seen in our own history to kind of root us in this world before we get to the really fantastical elements oh, that yeah. lie to the north. Oh, yeah. And like Kalid, for example, by comparison, yeah, would be rooting us to reality in the future. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So a couple of things to talk about before we head into Castlemorn. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get down by that isolated merchant shack, that is um, another grace down there by the walking mausoleum. We talked about the purpose of the walking mausoleum, how we could kind of use the power of the soulless demigod to uh, uh, reproduce remembrances. Yeah. Uh, what am I trying to say? Copy remembrances. Yeah. Yep. Duplicate them. Duplicate. That's the word. Um but we continue down further, and there is a little place called the Tower of Return. Do you remember this? Tower of Return. I am getting little images in my mind from it, but I'm trying to remember. Is this one of those... Uh, oh, is this one of the... Um, one of the ones with all the ladders inside? Yep, yep. yep. It's one of the towers, kind of yep. like we had where we found the hand ballista. Yep. Um, but yeah, guarded by some Godric soldiers, but we get to the top and there is a transporter trap. Yep. Do you remember where it takes us? No. It takes us to a point that I didn't even realize existed when I first started the game because it's so far north. It seems like it's completely, it is completely off your map. Yeah. And we get the banner, Landell Royal Capital. Oh. Yep. It takes us to the royal capital. Yep. Man, you can really get messed up early, can't you? Well, it ta- yes and no, because it takes us to the royal capital. And I was just at this point, I'm, I pulled up my map and I'm like, what? Because the architecture is all different. Yep. It's all this like marble and stonework. You seem like you're in the clouds. It gave me big like, um, oh, what's the game? EverQuest? Uh, not EverQuest. Um Maybe, yeah, I am thinking of EverQuest. Like, every end game level in EverQuest, you always ended up, like, in the clouds with golden armor on. That's cool. So I was like, this, you know. But, uh, yeah, we we get to this little platform, and there's a big, um, there's a golem that will probably kill you if you wake it up. But there's a talisman, I believe, with the Blessed Dew talisman in a chest. There's a little transporter that doesn't work. And then there's an elevator that doesn't work. So basically, you're on this platform. You can fight the golem or get killed by it. Get the ah, talisman. Go anywhere. And then you got to warp out. Sure. So this isn't um, this isn't the actual like 
way out of Landale, is it? It is. Oh, it is. So you just get there way elevator. too early. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And you gotcha. Can't warp out or anything. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It's is there weird. a purpose to it being that early? Is there anything that you would get different from accessing it that way via the other way? You just get the Blessed Dew Talisman early. It just okay. re- restores like three HP per second or something. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Early but access. I thought it was weird. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, think there's... it's just to open up your brain to like, hey. This goes on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not out of line with other things. that they, They'll like no. send you to places that don't exist within the realm at all like yeah like the steeples or whatever that uh is that what it's called the four Steeple. the ones where you like get teleported to like oh you get teleported to like the all the end game areas but like in spots where it's just like a tiny little map oh, that you yeah, cannot yeah, yeah. you know yeah the uh the the four belfries or fell yeah four belfries yeah thank yeah. you yeah they do that stuff but yeah i thought that was really strange but i think it just goes to show that like we are seeing a cross-section of different cultures because like people came here to mess stuff up and then they left yeah the tower of return oh yeah they're returning and they're returning to lane there it is there it is that's the key dude that's the thing we just unlocked the whole thing Miyazaki, hire us. Hire us. We got it. Vati Vidya, write scripts for you. <laughs> um, so the other thing to cover, the, the only thing we haven't really talked about, um, one cave, the Earth Boar Cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which, yeah, just fight a rune bear at the bottom. Yep. I think we get a talisman. I don't remember what it is. I All I remember is we drop into that arena, right? So there's like... Yes. Yeah, so it's like you get in there staggered, and then it's like, oh, great, now this bear's attacking. I, for the record... For whatever reason, I always found that one rune bear easier than all of the other rune bears in the game. It's probably the lowest level rune bear. Yeah, that could be. It's also a different color. Really? Yeah, it's gray, isn't it? Hmm. Yep, it's like hmm. uh, it's like a dark gray rather than brown. Um, so I think we get the uh, spell Drake talisman. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Reward for this fight is the spell Drake talisman. There it which... is. Okay. Cool. <laughs> And then the other place that we can head up is the um, the Ailing Village. Mm-hmm. Remember this? Yes, I do remember that one very distinctly. I didn't know like if there was another hidden mechanic in the game or anything. So I was like, is there like some sort of plague that I could get by being up here? Yeah. Like, you know, the mystery of the naming of everything. And mm-hmm. so I went through that area very cautiously. Yeah, like, it's very creepy. Yeah, it's super creepy. There's like some rats with uh, burning yellow eyes yep. that come attack you. And then you see people like praising this burning effigy in the middle. They got their hands up or their hands over their eyes. Is that madness? Yes, it yes, is madness. Yes, yes, yes. And we get um, the Flame of Frenzy incantation up there. Mm, but we can't use it, right? I think we're too underleveled, probably. But if you have a bunch of faith, you can use it. Oh, really? I, f- I thought that you had to be converted to Frenzy by the... Nope. Ah. You can still use it. And this oh, okay. is just the one, I think, that just is kind of like a charge spell that you just shoot a bunch of flames out of your eyes. Oh, okay. Um, it's not the one where you're like puking flames up on you're like eh, no no it's, okay. it's just I think it's just one where you like it's just a short little <laughs> oh man you could do a Superman cosplay <laughs> that'd be kind of great uh, but yeah that's cool and then we also get the uh, flame crest shield mm-hmm. uh, but yeah weird to be introduced to this 
just so many things in yeah. this tiny, tiny place. We had, let's just try and name them real quick. So we have the Flame of Frenzy people. Yep. We, we have, got the pagans. We got the pagans. Or hints of them. Or anyway. people in Castle Morn. Yep. Right? We don't know really know who they are, but it seems like they're Golden Order people because there's a bunch of Godric soldiers. Yep. So there's yep, some yep. Golden Order stuff there. There's demi-humans. Yep. There's misbegottens. Yep. There's rune bears. Yeah. There's poison swamps. <laughs> we got we got uh, all these like uh, death ritual things like yep. the death bird and the walking mausoleums, and then hints like you said at these pagans. We're yeah. not really sure who they are. We so. need to we need to make a meme using Stefan from SNL talking about oh this this club has everything, <laughs> <laughs> rune bears. Death birds. <laughs> Impalers. Oh, yeah. And we totally forgot about stuff we talked about last time with the, the imps and then all of the uh, gravity stone miners and yep. the alabaster lord. Yep. So we see that, too. Yeah. It's a little cross-section of the whole game. Whole game. Yeah. But I do, I do... I've really grown to love this because the setting is so grounded in reality. Yep. But we have all these fantastical elements that are just... Just hinting. It's yeah. like the first movie of the Lord of the Rings. You yeah. Know? I haven't been introduced to too much magic. Yep. Just a little bit. Yeah, just enough. A little just bit. enough to wet the whistle. But yeah, cool. I think that until we get to Castle Morn, that's pretty much it for the Weeping Peninsula. Um, but I think it asks a lot of cool questions. It does. Probably so, more than more than any of the questions brought on by Limgrave. Yeah. I would say. Definitely. Limgrave seems very in hand. The Golden Order is well established in yep. Limgrave. Yep. And everything kind of seems like they're just picking up the pieces and Stormvale is in charge. Mm-hmm. But down here, it's kind of like, seems a little bit wild. Oh, yeah. Like the natural... there's, there's attempts to be in charge. Yeah. You know, Castle Morn is an attempt to establish. It's kind of like, uh, did you ever watch um, the Clive Owen King Arthur? Perhaps a long time ago. Oh, boy. I've got fond memories of that. That was the movie that I was watching uh, when my wife told me that she liked me for the first time. Oh. Yeah, it was quite a time. Uh, but it's just the, the era that that set in is like the the Romans are finally pulling out of Britain mm. because they realize that they're just not going to be able to hold it. So there's yeah. all this like Roman architecture. Yeah that's just being left to ruin mm-hmm. because they're like we can't hold this can't and they're this. they're sending their soldiers out on missions still that are basically like you're not coming back from this but oh, go kill this guy or you know do whatever yeah. and that is like a that's what castle morn feels like to yeah. me is like it was an attempt mm-hmm. to expand the kingdom that just did not go well and yeah. they just left all of their resources they cut their losses they left their people behind and they're just like nope we can't we well, can't survive down here and it's interesting like we do see some godric soldiers at castlemore yeah we'll talk about that but it seems like the bridge to the south to the weeping peninsula is better guarded yeah. than castle Morn is. yes yep so there seems like they're more worried about just someone else having it mm-hmm. than actually maintaining yeah it as a stronghold um so here's you know we talk about our crackpot theories okay cracked pot theories yeah i always say that wrong <laughs> let's try that again yep so we talk about our cracked pot theories yes indeed um so before we get to castle morn and we answer some of these questions here's some theories that i had okay so we have the demi-human staff uh-huh and it says once given to foster peace sneered at by fools in the academy 
So the fools of the academy are sneering at the attempts to foster peace. So that is Rhea Lucaria. Yep. Giving the staff to the demi-humans. Okay. So now... Is it... Sorry. Is it Rhea Lucaria giving the staff to the demi-humans? Or is it Rhea Lucaria sneering at the people who gave the staff to the demi-humans? Saying, this is stupid. Why are you doing this? Could be. Could be either. That's how I would read it, but... But, okay, so... Well, then here we got the misbegotten. Uh-huh. So it, my question is, how did... They are misbegotten, right? They're yeah. like badly begotten. Yeah. So where did they come from? We don't see any, like... We don't see them camping out at the ruins like the demi-humans. We don't see... They're only in the castle. So where did if, they come from? Where yeah. did they go? Where did they come from? Misbegotten-eyed Joe? Mis- is that what you were trying to say? That's exactly what okay, I was trying gotcha. to say. Thank you for <laughs> translating, welcome. Drew. But what if... The demi-humans and the pagan royalty of the South had some unholy union with a little Rhea Lucarian sorcery thrown in, and bada bing, bada boom, we got some misbegottens. Oh, Ugh. yeah. So they're and- the children of, they're the children of like the Golden Order people, and perhaps, or maybe it's the the people who are in castlemore before the golden order okay yeah maybe they were tr- screwing around with some sorcery from maria lucaria and we got all these demi humans but they're kind of wild they yeah. don't want to behave maybe we could use some magic huh create this new kind of in-between race that is easily subdued that we can use as our our servants is the weeping peninsula racist yes okay <laughs> yeah all right okay it is a i mean it's an analogy for britain so you know sure no that (laughs) i mean if it is actually an analogy for britain that would make a lot of sense i think a lot of the things are pointing to that that direction so would you would you this is my beginning of a cracked pot theory then would you suppose that each biome or each uh what was the term i used before territory sure right um is representative of a different area, era, empire, like Weeping Peninsula. I mean, it's rainy all the time, so it would make sense. It's Britain, right? Or it's Portland. It's one of those those two, two. right? But, like, uh, would Limgrave be representative of a place and time? Would Caleb be representative of a place and time? I tend to think maybe... Well, I mean, we can look for more for more breadcrumbs as we go, but I tend to think, yeah, I'm I'm starting to get this idea that maybe the Golden Order is like a analogy for the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, interesting. And how at least in this uh, situation, all the pieces fit. But I think it's interesting that we will s- start to see the Golden Order as this conquering force yeah. that kind of whitewashed or gold washed their culture over these areas. Yeah, and as the their empire has started to fall apart we're seeing these cracks shine through of these older Uh, orders okay i will be very interested to find out who the ottoman empire is in all this then Mm. Mm. because the ottomans took down the golden order yes they did it's one of the most one of the craziest most interesting things in human history i did watch a lot of documentaries about like the fall of constantinople yeah it's it's great if there's some parallels there i mean 
Dude, I'm already sold on the game, but I'll be sold one more time. <laughs> I'll buy it again. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that some of these uh, questions, the information we will gain in Castlemorn will will answer them mm-hmm. and help to inform them. But for right now, I think it just lays a, an interesting groundwork, especially as we come up to that, uh, what is it, the Castlemorn lift grace. Yep. And we see all the dead bodies and yeah, super Sweet. cool. Man, I love the Weeping Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Maidenless Podcast. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment or review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and tell your friends. It really helps. Next time, we'll be speaking about Castle Morn and the hunt for the Grafted Greatsword.